In the gospel today, we have the parable of the sower sowing seeds and the various ways that the seeds grow or not, depending on where they land. It's a story which urges us to do all we can to help the seed that is the word of God grow in our hearts. In the epistle, we are likewise told to be fruitful, to keep to what is truly profitable, cultivating our spiritual lives. Now, I'll make an assumption here. I assume that none of us wants to be the earth which has the devil snatch the message away. I take it none of us wants to be the rocky soil which lasts only for a little while until a time of temptation. And I assume as well that none of us would like to be the soil where what grows gets choked by the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of life. So I take it that we all want to be the last kind of soil which yields a hundredfold, the kind that Jesus praises. So with that in mind, I would like to extend this metaphor of seeds growing in soil to discuss things that we can do to be that particular soil. I'm going to take my cues from the world of gardening to see what wisdom we can apply, how to make the soil of the heart fertile that the word may grow. And the first thing that's evident when we think about what seeds need is water. And this reminds us, uh, firstly, of the waters of baptism, where we join our lives to Christ and receive the Holy Spirit to help us beautify the garden of our souls. Water is also something that needs to be continually added to the soil. So it represents for us as well the nourishment of the scriptures and other sacred writings that we need to keep reading and rereading over the course of our lives. Water recalls to the tears of repentance, sorrow and contrition over our sins that we should continually shed. And this godly sorrow that leads to repentance, as St. Paul calls it in 2 Corinthians, helps keep the soil vibrant and alive for the seed to grow. Now something else that seeds need to grow is the sun. And this reminds us of the presence of God in which we stand when we pray. In this sense, we can understand prayer as something that happens to us. God works mysteriously in us as we pray and as we place ourselves deliberately in his presence. Now, obviously, we are always in the presence of God. But when we turn with our whole being to him in prayer, when we offer our whole will in this way, like sunflowers that follow the course of the sun by day, it works miracles in us. St. Gregory Palamas also uses the image of the sun as the uncreated energies of God that, that uh, shine down on us, that are nothing other than God himself that we receive in the sacraments. And we look forward with great anticipation to the time that we can once again receive of God, in the sacrament of the Eucharist. Another sacrament that brings in the imagery of the Son is the sacrament of confession. When we keep our sins hidden and concealed, those areas of our life affected by them cannot grow. But if we confess them to God, that is, expose them to the Son, then it is like giving light to plants which need light to thrive but have been kept in darkness. So just like seeds need the sun, so we need the presence of God to make us grow. Now that there is an end in sight to this 
lockdown, perhaps it's time to start preparing ourselves afresh to receive from the Lord in these sacraments. However, there's more that can be done to help seeds grow. People add fertilizers and nutrients to the uh, uh, soil to help the seeds grow. One type of substance or matter that is added to soil is vegetable matter or compost. And this reminds us of the fruits of the Spirit. Even though, though uh, part of the goal is to be fruitful, we are also called to be fruitful along the way. The more we attempt to cultivate the virtues, the more the virtues will grow. It's the positive version of a vicious cycle. Let's call it a blessed cycle. People attempt to deliberately stir specific types of vegetable matter into the soil to get particular properties in the plants that they grow, like the addition of peas or beans to get more nitrogen into the earth. In the same way, we can be deliberate about cultivating in ourselves all the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. St. Paul tells us in the epistle today to apply ourselves to good deeds and not to be unfruitful. So we are meant to be bearing fruit along the way. When we attempt to bring more kindness or patience or forgiveness, chastity, generosity or hospitality, we enrich the soil of our hearts that more can grow. Our first efforts may be poor examples of the virtue, like stunted and deformed, tasteless fruit. But sometimes trees need several cycles of seasons to build up to a sweet and plump yield. It's like stirring in a rich compost into the earth to help the seeds to grow. There is, however, another kind of fertilizer of a more unpleasant sort, and that is fertilizer in the form of waste, manure, and death in something like blood and bone. No one likes the smell of these, but no one doubts the benefit that they bring to the garden. The symbolism here for us for this type of fertilizer is the difficult experiences, the dishonor, the ill health, sorrows and tribulations. On their own, they can do us no good. But if we embrace them, and to use other language when we take up our crosses and apply them with diligence and with acceptance and openness to God's hand, they can become the means that life will grow in us. Fertilizer is only good if it's buried in the earth. If manure or dead animals are just left around, they can bring foulness, corruption, and disease. But if it's applied deliberately around a tree, buried into the earth with care, it brings nourishment and nutrients. So if we say in the midst of our struggles, our financial trouble, our health issues, whatever the unpleasant circumstances may be. If we say, yes, Lord. If we say, let it be to me according to your word. If we say, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
And if we kiss the hand of the Lord, as it were, even as we receive from it the difficulty, then this is lovingly tending this fertilizer around the tree of our soul. Another symbol of this type of fertilizer is our dead selves. And we must put our old selves to death that the tree within us might grow. The Orthodox writer, vegan Goroyan, in his book Meditations on Gardening, reflects on the recurring images of gardens in the scriptures and his own experience of gardening. And he looks at, at, the, at the spiritual lessons that we can learn from them. And in particular, he looks at the fact that Christ experiences agony in a garden. But also his life-bearing tomb was to be found in a garden. And he says this, There is no ecstasy without first agony. Jesus prayed in a garden and agonized there, watering it with his tears. Every garden is an intimation of the garden that is Christ's, that he himself tends in the hearts of those who welcome him in. The Christian knows that while tending the garden, there are no easy strolls with God. The fruit of sweet communion comes after the gall and the vinegar. The mystical enjoyment comes not without the toilsome struggle of raking and sowing and pulling up the weeds. In my garden, the thistle grows more easily than the primrose. Sin grows in my body more readily than purity. And the keys to my garden do not admit me back through Eden's gate. So we see that it is impossible for us to have a beautified soul without the acceptance of the problems and the difficulties, the crosses that come our way. A final aspect I'd like to speak about relates to how in gardens, to make the seeds grow well, we clear out the weeds and the stones. And this relates to the spiritual practice of watchfulness, of watching what is growing within us. There was an ad campaign while we've been under lockdown here that was focusing on the fact that people would drink more under lockdown. And the tagline of this campaign was, have you picked up a little habit in lockdown? And maybe we need to uh, take a spiritual self-examination once again to see if we've picked up a little habit in lockdown. It may not be drinking, but it may be something else. Something that we have let get away from us a little bit. And perhaps it's taken over in the garden in the same way that it, at this time of year, it seems like something like the onion weed just seems to sprout up all over Melbourne. If I was going to try to keep the weeds down in my own yard and I stood at the back door and spent 10 seconds just casting my eye over the yard and coming back in and saying, yep, it's all looking pretty good, I'm deluding myself. If I'm serious about keeping weeds out of my garden, I need to get out there, I need to put on the gloves, I need to get down on my knees, and I need to have a good look around. And it's a similar thing with our hearts, with our souls, and with the little sins that we allow to grow, and before we know it, 
become these choking weeds that Christ warns against. These weeds don't come in overnight. They grow little by little. Watchfulness is very important. St. Paul also tells us what we don't need in the garden of our hearts. And this is like clearing out the stones. And he says pointless discussions over controversies, dissensions, and quarrels. So are we spending our time in matters that are unprofitable and futile in the words of St. Paul? In this time of lockdown, I believe that one of the enemy's greatest victories has been in uh, helping take Christians' eyes off their salvation and onto many other matters that are unprofitable and futile. Perhaps we need to return to the one thing needful, as Christ says of Mary. To conclude then, ultimately, despite all these elements that have been mentioned, the last thing to say is that they are all controlled by God. All comes from Him. All growth comes from him. In another parable of seeds growing, recorded in Mark chapter 4, Christ says that a man scatters seed, but doesn't know how the seed sprouts and grows. He says the earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. We cannot make ourselves grow. Only God can do that. However, we can help as co-workers with God to create the best conditions whereby we and others around us can thrive, using what the church in her wisdom knows. So I've mentioned things that soil needs for a seed to grow, water, sun, fertilizers of various kinds, and clearing the ground. Perhaps the best thing we can do is just stick at it. Christ says of the good soil in the gospel reading that it holds the seed fast in an honest and good heart, and brings forth fruit with patience. May God help us to be patient too, accepting where we have been planted with everything that comes our way, the sunshine, the rain, the storms, doing all that we can that is within our power, and trusting God with the rest. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.